Shut up and sit down. It's Sunday afternoon in Fremont. It's time for the Seattle After Party! Our guest today from the Game Studio Universal Happy Maker, Julia Wise, here to talk with us about Astronaut The Best, a game that you can kickstart now. Diva, take it away. Hello, hello! Out there in the internet masses, uh, welcome to the CSE Seattle party, after party, excuse me. Uh, so we're here with Julia. Julia, introduce yourself, girl. Hi, internet. I'm Julia Y, and I am the lead astronaut, no, wait, no, I'm the lead artist on Astronaut the Best, and I'm the lead artist because I'm the only artist. Um, and we <laughs> currently have our game How on... very indie. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? But at least I'm in charge. Yeah. Um, the game is currently on Kickstarter through October 21st, so act now. Um, and you could also find us on astronautthebest.com. Um, if you're feeling silly and you want to type in our alternate web address, it's 2dumb4.space. Um, with the two and the four being numbers. All righty, all right. And uh, also, we have uh, the very wonderful Alex Jarabek, uh, creator of another game called Drink, which sometimes we play here on the podcast. Alex, say hello. Hello. What's up? What's up? Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that says all he's got, ladies and if gentlemen. You, if you want any other information on Alexander Jarabek, just make sure to... Uh, See, listen when he was on another time, and maybe you can piece together the the tapestry of his life. I I was waiting to do self promotion until the appropriate time, but yeah, we're we're working on our next game, Conspire. If you want to get on play tests, we're doing one Monday, which is uh, after this podcast has gone out. Um, this uh, Monday? Yeah, tomorrow. Oh no, this this podcast will go out on the eleventh. <laughs> I don't know what day it is, Daryl. <laughs> Today is Sunday the 9th. Neat. <laughs> All right, so uh, while Alex is getting his memory back, uh, take another chug of that coffee you got there, buddy. We're going to get right into the match game portion of our day today. Uh, so our very first one for everybody is MacGyver was a weird high schooler. He asked out his date to the prom using duct tape and blank. MacGyver was a weird high schooler. He asked out his date to prom using duct tape and blank. You know, if you're trying to come up with a good date, maybe you should take them to any of the wonderful events here at CSZ Seattle. Just look up CSZSeattle.com. One of those events could be coming to one of our live recordings of the Seattle After Party. So check out SeattleAfterParty.com find out when we've got live for that. Alright, so MacGyver was a weird high schooler. He asked out his prom date using duct tape and blank. Uh, Alex, we're going to go to you. Alright, I said duct tape and floss to make a sweet guitar. Did he play her a song? Yeah, because you know, that's how you have to ask out people in high school, I, is, is through romantic music and pouring your soul into lyrics. I like that, you know, like when I designed this sentence, it was like what are people going to make with duct tape? There's a couple ways you could take it. Like it could be a really dark duct tape way or build something out of duct tape and floss to make a guitar. I like yeah, that. I, I like kind of like how MacGyver was emo. <laughs> He's a very emo high Everyone schooler. was emo in high school. <laughs> All right, Julia, what did you have? Um, also, since it was MacGyver and he could do this shit, um, I said that he would use the duct tape and a safety pen, a piece of tin foil, and a lighter, which he made into a hologram. Uh, so that he was able to avoid direct rejection, if that should come up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the internal MacGyver monologue is like, ever since I was a kid, I had a hard time talking to girls, because I was always afraid they'd say no. But I figured out, if I'm not actually there, it doesn't hurt quite as bad. Yeah. Wait, is, is asking out women like looking in an eclipse, like you have to do it through a reflection, you can't just... For MacGyver it is. Okay. <laughs> Only for MacGyver. He was really awkward. Okay. Um, I had uh, a stick of bubble gum, uh, specifically Wrigley's Double Mint. Oh, specifically? Specifically Wrigley's Double Mint. Is there a reason for the Wrigley's Double Mint? Um, because he wanted to double his 
pleasure and double his fun on prom night. Of course he did. I know, right? Of course he did. See, MacGyver likes plays on words. (laughs) All right, so none of us matched each other. Daryl, did you have anything? Uh, I just said uh, duct tape and his sweet mullet. Oh, God, the MacGyver mullet. I forgot about that. You know what's funny is the new reboot of MacGyver. He's kind of got an almost mullet going on to kind of pay homage. But that's... But then they realized it's a mullet and they can't do that anymore. It's not quite exactly a mullet. It is, it is still, like, modernish. But, you know, the 80s are kind of coming back. Don't be surprised if the full mullet comes back. No, no. Okay, <laughs> Halloween is coming up. I've had enough horror stories. I don't need mullets coming back. <laughs> All right, speaking of Halloween, let's get into our next one. Uh, Halloween is just around the corner. It looks like the most popular costume of 2016 is blank. Halloween is just around the corner, and it looks like the most popular costume of 2016 is blank. Hey, Halloween is just around the corner, and I believe that there is something special happening this Halloween at a theater in Fremont. So check out csdseattle.com and find out what those events are. Are they special shows? Are they regular shows with costumes mentioned? I don't know. You'll have to check it out for yourselves. And while you're online, make sure to follow us on Twitter at AfterPartyHosts. Halloween is just around the corner, and it looks like the most popular costume of 2016 is blank. Julia, going to go to you first. So I tried to think of the absolute scariest thing that I could run into at a Halloween party, and uh, I came up with Zombie Trump. Oh, no. Which is only, um, I think, slightly less scary in different ways than not Zombie Trump. Well, I feel like Zombie Trump would starve because... um, uh, his uh, people that are voting for him don't have any brains for him oh. to eat. Oh! Snap! Take that. <laughs> All right. And if you're listening to this, uh, Trump supporters... Anyway, Alex! Don't! Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, I also went the Trump route because... Uh, yeah. uh, and I said Trump holding a cat. Oh, kind of like oh, like every like evil villain of all time. Ever. I'm gonna play on words on that thing that happened two days ago, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, ooh. oh, that's so good and so bad at the same time. My, my alternate answer was going to be Trump mauled by a cat. <laughs> Another play on words. Yes, uh, this November the cat grabs back. <laughs> Daryl, what did you have? You know, I, I really try and stay away from... I mean, I know they're just going to come up anyways, but I try and tr- stay away from the Trumpisms as much as I can. So um, I really couldn't come up with anything because Trump's about the scariest thing you're going to find this year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that up. Yeah. You can make up something worse. I was, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, no matter what I say, I don't think anything is as scary as just like actual Trump. But instead, I decided... And I, and I hate it. I feel kind of like a hack comedian even saying Trump because it's like, yes, okay, we get it. It's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But at the same time, when you really think about it, you're like, no, that's actually horrifying. I tried to be political neutral uh, with this. I said um, a Trump mask where you're wearing a pantsuit. Ooh, that's, that's, that's neutral as you can. <laughs> that's as neutral as I can be uh, about the whole thing. I will say that in previous years, election years, the candidate that had the most costume purchased of them usually won, or has always won, I think dating back to Nixon. Uh, so this is terrifying to me. So oh. that, that is a better predictor than most things, aside from Nate Silver. All right, we're getting any, we're just getting more and more scared here, Alex. I'm telling right. you a ghost story. All right, so this is the last question in the lightning round. And you know what? Since we all had the same thought, we all had hive mind, I'm going to say we all matched each other. Hooray! Yeah, yeah we, all, we all are. We all collectively thought of the scariest thing, and the common denominator was the Republican presidential nominee. Yeah. All right. Uh, so our last question of the lightning round, uh, or excuse me, the last question the before we get round. into the lightning round, um, and it, as always, is about a very special guest. So, Julia, this one's for you. Um, Julia does art for the game Astronaut the best. Her biggest inspiration is blank. Julia does art for the game Astronaut the best. 
Her biggest inspiration is blank. Here at the after party, our biggest inspiration is you. Well, okay, it's Seattle because we're the Seattle after party. But then it's you. And we need you to follow us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com and look up Seattle After Party. And just click that like button, follow us, and hey, comment and like our stuff too. That would be wonderful. Okay. Julia does... Uh Excuse me, one more time. Julia does art for the game Astronaut the Best. Her biggest inspiration is blank. Uh, Julia, since yours is the true and correct answer, we're going to go to you last. And instead, we're going to go to Alex first. Oh, God. Uh, I said Andy Warhol, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't really know art, but that stuff reminds me, I think, of, of Warhol. I will, I will take that as a compliment. Okay, cool. Okay. And yeah. Daryl, what did you have? You know, looking at uh, the art and seeing what I think... It, it just makes me think of sort of a cross between uh, the, the cartoon Animalia and South Park. Like, <laughs> you've got that sort of an animal we're giving them, but it's also more like you're almost giving some humans uh, animal characteristics, too. That's, uh, that's pretty close. Um, one of my design prompts at the very beginning was, and I quote, more or less like a human... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, so any day it's like, well, today I went with more like a human, to, and then the next day I went with less like a human. Basically, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a spectrum of human and less human. So I uh, I said um, uh, copious amounts of Venture Brothers and John Waters. Whoa! Yeah. Get what? out of my head. What? what? I was like, I looked at the art and I was like, this really reminds me of like Venture Brothers. Like, with a nice, like, twist to it. And then also I was like, and John Waters, because, I don't know, I talked to you for, like, five minutes, and I was like, she would be hardcore into some John Waters. <laughs> I, I was actually just thinking of John Waters about 30 seconds before you said that. Really? Yes. Ah, um, because of uh, Alex bringing up Andy Warhol, and John Waters' quote about Andy Warhol was that he was the first famous person to successfully combine doing drugs and being gay. That's true. That's I what would, he said. I would, I would say that that is accurate. Yeah, citation uh, required, but citation is John Waters. <laughs> okay, so what did you have? Um, at first I wrote geometric shapes, but then I crossed it out because that's kind of too literal and kind of sad and boring. Um, <laughs> and, uh, An artist inspired by geometric shapes. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things that's a little too obvious that nobody would ever think about it, really. Yeah, and it, it sounds kind of too much like a fine art prompt. Um, and so I crossed that out, and uh, I think one of my favorite inspiration moments for this game was when I was designing the character Inside Track, and I just did Google image search for the word douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Right? <laughs> It was so much fun, and also kind of terrifying. He's the guy in yellow, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that guy's a total D-bag. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so thus concludes our regular round. We're going to go into the lightning round. The lightning round has this sexy music. All right, so in the lightning round, it's just one word or two word, like fill in the blank. It's going to go super quick. The first one is uh, fire blank. Fire blank. I don't mean to start a fire underneath you, but make sure you visit us online by any of the social media ways, or you just send us an email to fanmail at seattleafterparty.com so we can hear from you. Alrighty, so fire blank. Julia, going to you first. What did you have? Fire eater. Oh, okay. Fire eater. And Alex? Uh, fire damage. Ah. I was just watching Forensics Files all about an arsonist. So, yeah. Fire, oh, cool. Fire I just figured it would be a thing that happened in this game of your spaceship catches on fire. Oh, that's scary. And <laughs> Daryl, what did you have? I also, I didn't write, I wrote fire eating. 
Oh, that's a match! Yeah! Woo! All right, so Daryl pulls ahead. Daryl and Julia pull ahead of the rest of us. I they cheated have... and read her bio. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, but I didn't want to be so obvious. I said, well, I said. Anybody who's listened to this podcast <laughs> knows I go straight for obvious. <laughs> um, I, I also have been watching a lot of like. Uh, so I binge watch Stranger Things and then I re like binged watch uh, like Twin Peaks for like the fifth time in my life. And so I had five. Walk with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mara Kelly was in that one. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the next one is uh, blank game. Blank game. Here on the after party, we don't play games with you. Well, we do. If you show up, we play the match game. So hey, come on down. Check out when we're gonna have a live recording. You can still come on in. It's still free. You could be a contestant and play match game and win prizes. All right, blank game. Alex, let's start with you. Uh, strategy game. Ooh, okay. Strategy game. That's nice. Daryl, what did you have? I said match game. Mm. Mm. Yeah, self-promotion. <laughs> Shameless. Julia, what did you have? Uh, I was trying to avoid going with the painfully obvious match game because that was all that I could hear in my head. And so I went for the other painfully obvious video game. Ah, video game. Guess what? Video game. Whoa. Jakiva pulls into the lead with Julia. What? I don't even know. I'm not. No. I think that <laughs> means Julia's I'm winning. I think we're all tied. I think you and me are tied with Julia, and Alex is trailing behind. Right. I, think just, Ju- I think Julia's in the lead. You two are tied, and then I'm in dead last. I think we all win just for play. No, I, I lose. But the, the rule is Except that if there are three matches, then uh, one of us is pregnant. So. Got it. <laughs> I think right, last Darryl, time it was me? Was no, it me it's, it's either you or me, Daryl. One of us is going to be pregnant by the end of this. It was Daryl in my fan fiction. <laughs> You aren't right now, but by that the time this is over. the weight gain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next one is Universal Blank. Universal Blank. You know what's universal? Comedy. And so if you want to speak with other people, maybe you should learn some comedy, specifically improvisational comedy. So check out csdseattle.com and find out about the different types of classes we have. We have a drop-in jam. We've got 101, 201, 301 classes that can lead you all the way into our rec league. Check it out. Find out more. There's even a class to learn how to freestyle rap. All right. It was uh, Universal Blank. Now, I'll start with myself this time. Uh, I had Universal Studios. Studios. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julia, what did you have? Um, I put Universal Space Boss um, because that's uh, relevant to the video game where if you do a really good job, you get named King of Space. Really? Yeah, except you're not actually in space. And so it's... It's an eventual title that might be bestowed on you if you get to space, but, you know, it's Neat. still There's flattering. There's not like a, a boss you have to fight in space, right? It's no, it's like, me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I am that boss. Neat. All right, Alex, what did you have? Uh, I put universal field theory. What uh, is that? Uh, it's the idea of, like, gravitation, or, gra- like, gravity, electromagnetism, and, mag- like, all that stuff being kind of one, like, force, ultimately, and, like, a, a theorem that kind of compiles all that together. It's sort of like string theory. That's my understanding. I still think King of Space is way better. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I thought the string one, one of theory these will, was for my cats. Yeah. One of these will get us into space. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so you can use your field theory, but then once we get there, King, I'm of, still space. King of Space. King of Space. <laughs> Daryl, what did you have? Well, I was thinking that the... Uh, the game is made by Universal Happy Maker. Ding, 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 ding. That's true. Uh, That's yeah. true. That's so true. I, I'm just, I, I just went with that. Universal Happy Maker. Thank you for stating facts. Yes. Uh, I am shamelessly, so shamelessly promoting our guest. Hooray! That means I don't have to do that. Yeah. I think, Daryl, thank you for taking the burden off of Julia hey, for having to what? do shameless self-promotion. <laughs> Taking it easy. 
It's slightly less shameless when it's shameless promotion of others. Only slightly. It's only slightly because it is my podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> what, what is shamed promotion of others? Like what? Like we keep saying shameless, but that's well, kind of. A... I guess they're shameless, and then they're shameful. Yeah. Full of shame for having. Like oh, I go see this show. I guess. Why did I endorse that video game? <laughs> yeah. Why? I like how your sound of shame was murr. <laughs> All right. So uh, there is one last one to end the lightning round with. And I'm just going to say, if we don't all match, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch one of us. Not you, Julia. It's <laughs> Maybe you do. <laughs> I am within striking distance. <laughs> I like a challenge, though. All right. So it is uh, astronaut blank. You know what astronauts like to eat? Ice cream. You know what they like to drink? Bang. I made that stuff up because I'm an improviser. You too can be an improviser. Check out CSDSeattle.com and find out about all of the improvisational classes that we have. And then when you get tired of how bad my improv is, you can write to us at fanmail at SeattleAfterParty.com and tell it to my email face. All right, so it says astronaut blank. I think we should all say it on three. All right, ready? One, two, three. The, the best. best. Although um, I, I put my alternate title, which is for the um, the X-rated game. If uh, the astronaut the best doesn't go through, it's astronaut the breast. <laughs> when you said that, um, so you've seen? Have you seen two thousand one: A Space Odyssey? No. Really. Oh, okay. So there's this part at the end where there's a baby and they play that song like. So I just pictured like a giant boob in space when you said that. It's just an actual areola just floating around. Are are you aware of the game Trials in Tainted Space or Tits, as that acronym spells? I am. No. Okay. It's it's a it's a pornographic game. Uh, yeah, set in space about yeah sexy space adventures and weird stuff and furries. Uh, but they make like 30000 a month on Patreon, so um, it, we're all in the wrong business. Yeah, this, this title was only slightly kidding, not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that that's where the, the way more shameful money is. And oh, is that shame? If that brings you that's where we, That's yeah. when we do the shameful self-promotion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my game, Astronaut the Breast. Uh. <laughs> I, I think if you're going to go there, you, you have to ditch the shame first. But. Also, are you spelling astronaut with two S's in that title? I am now. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, see, now we have all the, the right seeds for astronaut the breast. But yeah. let's talk about astronaut the best. What's going on with that? Tell, tell the internet masses who uh, probably don't know about it what they need to know about that game. Um, well, you should know about it because I think it's pretty awesome and I'm completely unbiased, um, which is not true. She is. She's going biased. <laughs> Um, it is a uh, narrative strategy game, um, which means it's it's kind of like the choose-your-own-adventure book of video game, um, and it's about being a uh, bureaucrat, um, kind of middle management, where you're in charge of the uh, space program of the fictitious country of Flaustria um, in a sort of like mid-1960s uh, uh, era. And you're in a space race with um, an opposing country, and you're trying to get your astronauts ready to go to space. And the problem is that your astronauts are all kind of screw-ups in different ways. And um, while it's about astronauts, very little of it is in space. It's a lot more just kind of people management and uh, like cat herding for people that are... uh, have a lot of issues, and um, the issues of the astronauts are all uh, exciting and constantly changing because every time you play the game, it's procedurally generated, and so you're going to run into different obstacles and different screwed-up traits for your astronauts. Oh, cool. So, um, obvious question, potentially. Um, So, was uh, the inspiration for, I guess, that premise a little bit uh, inspired by, like, the space race of the 60s? Um, that's a, a part of, I mean, it's, uh, that's, I think, the, the historical kind of 
obvious mirror to it. Um, I, I don't know exactly what the like seed for sparking that initial game was because I, I jumped on later, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's definitely a, a, a space race simulator. Okay. How did, how did you become involved in uh, Astronaut? Um, Mike Sennett and uh, David Mershon, who are the developers, had been working on the game for a while. And I know a mutual friend of Mike's. Her name is Laura, and she's great. And she uh, introduced me to the video game. And uh, Mike and David said, oh, we got this really weird game. And I'm like, oh, yeah? You think this is weird? Um, And I made it way weirder. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I've just been working with them um, for uh, about a year or so, I'm just kind of chipping away at the project since we all have like day jobs and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I've been doing the uh, character art and um, various kind of promotional graphics and the user interface and the logo and anything that looks cool in the game is me. Anything that doesn't look cool, not you. Not it's me. it's yeah. dev art. It's definitely dev art. It's dev art. So so you said you said you made it. Uh, you said you made it weirder. So I guess like how how did you make it weirder? Like let's let's talk about that. Like what did they have before, and then how did you weird it up? Oh man. Um, um, For the better, because clearly I'm looking at the art right now on a projector, and it's great, so, you know. Well, thank you. Um, for those of you at home who want to follow along, there's a bunch of art on astronautthebest.com, because I've been doing uh, art devlogs every week or so, um, kind of showing screenshots and concept, concept sketches and stuff like that. Um, so I made it weirder. Um, when, when I got to the game, it was like... Uh, no offense, Mike. Some you know, kind of crappy pencil sketches, and um, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of ideas behind those crappy pencil sketches. Um, and uh, the the characters were all very um, fleshed out personalities, uh, and so there was already a lot of uh, weird backstory to work with. And so I just kind of had to take all of that story and all of the kind of characteristics of the different uh, high priests in the game, um, since Flaustria is a, uh, uh, what's the word, theocracy, um, and put them through the brain filter um, with, uh, you know, all the geometric shapes and John Waters and Venture Brothers uh, that were referenced earlier, um, and then come up with... uh, something even weirder, and um, I, I, it's been kind of reassuring that uh, all of the YouTube playthroughs uh, that have happened so far, um, a lot of the time spent in those playthroughs is just people watching the game and repeatedly saying, what the f***, um, <laughs> to, to the visuals of it. Yeah, I, I did notice that. That when I I started it up and I was getting the studio ready uh, here for recording, and so I had it playing up there, and I I was just repeating that over and over. Some people were like, I I just don't want to repeat it too much because I know I'm going to have to edit um, this to keep it PG-13 later. But uh, (laughs) but they just kept saying it over and over. I'm like, I'm going to skip to the next one just in case there's somebody in this in the in the kooky clothing store next door who doesn't appreciate. This, but no, and but then you get more of the same, more of the same. And I was like, Well, okay, it is what it is. Um, well, actually, oh. it wasn't all that bad because as soon as you get to somebody who's like British, they're not using the F word as much as other British curse words. Yeah, <laughs> can I ask um, yeah. is there any words don't seem like real cuss words sometimes? <laughs> they're all just describing pudding, as far as I can tell. <laughs> um, can I ask uh, what? Are there any video games that inspired the art for this, like that you personally have played and liked and got the aesthetic of, or is this like external influence? Um, I don't. We don't have to look up here, too. Yeah, this is kind of a weird I'm, position. I'm trying to remember. Um, most of the uh, the visual inspiration for it was um, like 1950s cartoons, hmm. um, and uh, not not really video game specific, and. Um, I think that that's that's why um, from from what I've been 
externally uh, validated with is that it doesn't look like other video games. Yeah, no, it's it's super unique. The only game I can think of that kind of comes close is a 20-year-old like educational game called Gazillionaire. Uh, that I played as a as a small child, but it was like it had a very similar color palette and like exaggerated unreal poses that the like spine breaking pose of uh, of inside track there it's kind of similar to uh, anyway yeah um, it was also a space game I don't know but I, I doubt it's at all influenced and anyone knows what I'm talking about because this is like a weird childhood nostalgia thing I think Alex has become aware of the blank stares from Julia and myself <laughs> but it's always interesting to find out like new uh, games I mean, and how like to be fair that's why I backed this was like oh this this reminds me of this old thing that more people should have been aware of and latched onto. Speaking of uh, things people can do, because they're listening to this going, this sounds interesting, interesting art. How can I see this? You said you can go to the Kickstarter page. But one thing uh, that is really neat about this game is that you've actually already got a downloadable demo that people can play so they can get an even better idea of what they would be getting into. Um, so so um, how close is that demo to what they will get? I mean, like, is it just the beginning of the story, or is it this is the way, I mean, just how much do you know? So um, the demo is basically just a, f- a fraction of what the entire game will be once it's developed. Um, it, it goes through one challenge, um, and, uh, you know, estimated time is like about a half an hour of a playthrough, and um, the, the final game would be a lot longer than that, and there would be um, so many additional different scenarios that could come up. Um, what happens in the, the beta version, um, which you can download for free, which is uh, the best price ever, is free 99, um, and there's a link to download it on the Kickstarter. Um, and uh, you play through that, and your astronauts are challenged to a boxing match with the rival country of Vladigar, um, which are sound like they're vaguely uh, Russian-inspired. Um, they're also people that may or may not be snakes. Um, and so you're having a boxing match with this uh, rival space program, and you need to train your astronauts in fitness. And um, there's, there's five different stats that the astronauts have, and so this kind of helps you just focus on, there's this one thing that you gotta get really good at in a span of, uh, I think, 10 days? Um, because the, the week in Flaustria is five days. There's, there's a lot of things that are based on fives. Uh, there's a lot of like secret pentagons in pretty much all of the art, and some really blatant pentagons in some of the other art. Classic some, masons. Some, some not so secret. Yeah, subliminal and superliminal. And so... uh, Speaking of boxes and snakes, there is one Kickstarter level for $77 (laughs) that is, it's like something like a box of snakes. Tearful of snakes. Tearful of snakes. And it, it says, don't pick this one. It's full of snakes. But, and there's already like... Three backers, five backers, something like that? Yeah, we've had a surprising amount of people just select the tier full of snakes. I mean, it's very it's very interesting, and it makes me want to get it just because... $77 is a lot of money for me, but, uh, but at the same time, it's like, I want to know what's in that tier full of snakes. Can you give us any hints? Snakes? <laughs> I, I don't think they're, they're joking around. I think it's just going to be a snake. Yeah, yeah, um... <laughs> You know, after the, the Kickstarter goes through, you're just going to get a box, and uh, it'll be hissing, and you may choose or not choose to open it. May choose or not to choose to send it to space. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about um, so your role with all of this. So it's a small company, Happy Makers, and uh, I know that you do the art, but what other hats do you wear? And Typically in small companies, people kind of do multiple things. What are some of the other things that you do? Um, if any. I, I do um, kind of all of the arts, which is um, a lot of slightly different hats, because usually if it was like a big grown-up game with a whole actual team of people... A grown-up game. Not that kind. The other kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, breast. <laughs> Astronaut, the, the breast. breast. <laughs> um, 
then there would be like someone to do the logo design and the promotional um, artwork and you know someone else to do the user interface and someone else to do the characters and someone else to do the backgrounds and yada 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 um, and so I'm I'm wearing all of the art hats um, I'm also obviously right now doing a little bit of the promotional stuff yeah but pretty much anything that has pictures on it other than that, if it doesn't have a picture on it, I probably didn't have anything to do with it. But, you know, while, while the Kickstarter is going, I've been um, making art that supports the promotion of the game um, instead of making art that goes into the game. How, how have you felt that's, like, helped out the Kickstarter? Like, how much of your energy lately has been, like, this promotional drive to get people there? All of it. Months. Oh, my God. Um, no, uh... Just, I mean, is, since the, the Kickstarter went live, I guess a couple of weeks ago, we, we put a, a halt on production of the actual game and everyone is just on tasks that are, you know, trying to evangelize people and, or no, proselytize people into uh, the word of astronaut the best and uh, increasing awareness. And so, yeah, I've, I've been making uh, pictures that go on the internet because people on the internet don't like to read. Makes sense. And uh, people on the internet like pictures with text on it instead of actual words. And so I've been making those. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, like, pat myself on the back right here. Um, for those of you at home, that just happened. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that one of the big selling points for the game is the art. And once you get uh, bamboozled in with all of this weird artwork, um, then you get a great story behind that. But that's, that's a lot harder to sell in a, uh, a t tweet on the internet if you don't have a picture. Speaking yeah. of pictures, you brought some pictures with you here. Oh, and, I did. Here, uh, let, me, let me move that. I didn't know that you had this, uh, this lovely um, projector. And uh, at least for, for those of you here, I brought some marker yes. sketches, which you're, you're welcome to thumb through. Um, yeah, thumb. Which now that yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it, I can definitely see the geometric shapes that are involved, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's the, the number one thing I start with. And uh, the uh, concept artwork is also um, available for some of the various tiers of the Kickstarter. You get a uh, genuine piece of uh, marker sketch from my sketchbook that was, uh, you know, possibly a, a very early version of a character that did happen or some weird, like, kind of my brain just vomiting out shapes so that I could get to the good stuff um, to make one of the other characters. But um, it's... Uh, this is all the stuff that you don't see in the final game. Yeah. Right. Uh, are you going to sign each piece? That way, like, when the game gets famous, everybody can sell it on eBay for, oh, like, yeah. hundreds of dollars. Yeah, I'm just going to autograph it, like, so, to eBay. So for... <laughs> <laughs> to eBay. People named eBay today. No, nope. yep. that's where it's going to go. Little E, big B. So, obviously, <laughs> obviously, the art is a big part of the driving force for you. It's, it's your favorite thing, and you think that's what a lot of people are going to be drawn to. Uh, what are some other favorite parts that, like, you're super jazzed about that you think that the audience that's going to play this game is going to really love? Um, I think the story is also just hilarious and all of the, all of the different events that can happen um, and uh, all of the potential outcomes. Like, uh, you'll, you'll have... I think one of my favorite scenarios is when um, Cora Blanche, who is the High Priest of the Sun, comes into your office and tells you that, um, you know, if you're astronauts are going to go into space they need to to purify themselves and you and she wants you to forbid them from and um you have all these moral dilemmas where you can either say sure i'm going to stop them from and please your boss who then gives you more funding for your program and uh is less likely to have you murdered at the end of the game but it Which, also makes so it being so, murdered at the end of the game is a possibility. Oh yeah, sorry, spoiler. Is um, that the bad ending? Yes, oh, that's. Okay. I think that's the worst ending so far. They might come up with something worse than being murdered. Well, I saw in the video. It's like you get you not only get murdered and like incinerated, but your name is stricken from the records and mm -hmm. everything. And Left in a ditch. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. Best outcome is King of Space. But, um, King so, of space. So, but if you tell your astronauts that they can't.
their stress level, which is a big factor in the game, consistently increases every day. Um, and so you could please your boss, but then it makes it way more difficult for your, your underlings to do their job, and they're more likely to have mental breakdowns on national television um, or get hospitalized. So please your boss or please yourself. Got it. Uh, or, or allow others to please themselves. I, I want to get actual astronauts to, uh, to like play this and tell us how, much, how realistic this is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they told us we couldn't. They didn't know. <laughs> I wonder so. if you could... I wonder if you could, like in space now that like you say i'm like i'm why? wondering what that would be like why couldn't you i don't know but i feel like would I, you, it, you know would Mike, it feel you don't that need, good or would you don't it feel need gravity you, you still have friction it's not like all forces I know that, go away i know that you still have friction but i just mean like would it like as you're floating around like would that feel <laughs> weird and you just couldn't be into it like would you get seasick you get, you get like, the knockback from yeah yeah <laughs> like what would happen well, well <laughs> you know one of the worst things in uh in outer space is having anything just kind of floating around and getting <laughs> into the mechanics. So I'm sure there are devices literally done for this because now they've got people that they're doing tests for. What's it like to be in space for a year? So I'm sure these are the things they don't tell the public about, but they know they're testing because they're realists. <laughs> well, they're, they're, like, they're they have these little suction devices. So oh, well, like, well they've fluids. already got... They, for... for for uh, going to the bathroom, they've already oh, I got know, those. But, I mean they, but have they probably just have an added attachment to make it even better. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, it's just like when you were, you know, at a pool party as a 14 year old boy. <laughs> Why are you looking at me dead in the eyes right now? <laughs> because she still Alex. thinks of you as a 14 year old boy. <laughs> It's mean, weird on like three you levels. You do have a very sweet smile. That's not why I'm looking at you. I just assume between you and Daryl, you'd be the one to do this as a small child. I don't That's know. Fair. I stereotyped you. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, probably. I just never went to a pool party. Okay. But I'm just it's not too like, late. I'm, I, yeah, pools terrify me. I can't swim. Oh, that'd be a bad idea. Yeah. 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 Should learn how to swim then. I grew up in a desert and you know have no need for this water thing. No, that's that's why you need the water thing. Nah. It makes it less hot. That would explain why everybody we have four water bottles for everybody on the stage, and yours is yours the only is one, one that is hasn't opened. <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh... Be gone, water. Desert men doesn't need you. <laughs> I have coffee. There's water in that. <laughs> Brown okay. water. All right. What were you talking about? So, uh, no, oh, yeah, that, we're talking about the built-in plot lines of the game yeah. and yeah. that being one of your favorite ones, which I think that that is really funny. I, I really oh. do think one of the great PR things would be to try and get some actual astronauts to play the game, to play the demo, and see what... Because the humor... And, and get their feedback on the humor and like it, whether they like it. And so you can get those like great pull quotes mm-hmm. of just like, you know, astronaut Joey says, you know, this, and it's a real astronaut. Yeah, if, if you're out there and you're an astronaut... Please contact us. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're just everywhere. Oh yeah. Um, two questions. Uh, one can can you fake the space race like they did the moon landing? Like, is that an option in this game? Um, possibly. Okay. They did not maybe. fake the moon landing. <laughs> Pretty sure. They did, no, they didn't. Pretty sure the Illuminati faked the moon landing. No. Um, Do you ever see it's a timeout? <laughs> Do you ever see that video about that guy who came up to I think it was Buzz Aldrin? It's like, how did it feel? Fake the moon landing, and he punched him. That's and awesome. I was just like, you should, you should punch that man. Well, it's because he didn't crowning achievement, and then some guy just poops all over it. It's because well, he didn't have a good answer. The the other thing is like that I've heard the best thing is like the reams and reams of documentation and scientific work that would would have gone into faking the moon landing. It was like so expensive you might as well just go to the moon. Yeah, that's that's what I remember (laughs) reading. If if they did in fact fake the moon landing, I'm sorry, Mr. Um, Tell us about what your new game is. It's called Conspire. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember if I believe all these conspiracy theories for real or ironically anymore. So all I know is the reptoids have infiltrated this theater and they've poisoned you two. You've gone down the rabbit hole too far. I feel like you're you're slowly but surely becoming Fox Mulder right now. (laughs) It's too many theories. A little bit. Well, Um, it's it's okay because Jakiva knows all the episodes of the X-Files. She'll get you through okay. I'll help you out. That's cool. Um, um, I did so, have one other question about the game. If oh, I, yeah, I could, yeah. No, um, I was just about to ask a question, so you go. Oh, cool. Go. Um, so it is a strategy game. Yes. Um, is, does it cater more toward, like, how, how does that, are there difficulty levels for, like, 
people want to get really hardcore into like the strategy and like the the kind of numerical aspects of it, the choices, or is it more consistently narrative driven? Like. If, yes. if I'm a math nerd. <laughs> um, the numbers have, uh, have a factor into it where, um, you know, you, you got to have the, the stats so that your astronauts can, in, in the case of the demo, um, win a boxing match. And um, there's uh, parts of it that are kind of odds percentage based, whether or not you're going to succeed at your different training tasks. And there's some things that are just completely random that uh, numbers may or may not help you with. And um, since the narrative is different every time, uh, I, th I think that it would take you many playthroughs to get through enough of the scenarios where you figure out what all of the odds, all, all the different choices will get you or not. And um, some of it, uh, or I mean, a lot of the scenarios where if you have three of the high priests come into your office and they're each going to demand that you make a decision as to where the boxing match is going to be. And they each have a different suggestion. And you can only agree with one of them. And then you piss off the other two. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out which ones you're going to piss off. And so all of the answers that you could give to any of the scenarios, there is positive and negative ramifications to everything. And so the I think that the, the numbers and odds don't, entirely factor into that because you can't win some of those. It's just figuring out which way you want to lose slightly less. It sounds like a dating sim now. <laughs> Possible. Um, in fact, isn't that the first stretch goal is to add romances into the game? Uh, yeah. Um, that would solve that problem. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, there, there are different scenarios where, like, the high priest will forbid your astronauts from having relationships, which is kind of like the less driven part of that plot line. But, uh, but can they make whoopee? Like pies? <laughs> like Goldberg? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just went to my 70s game, th game show um, vault, and I pulled out the dating games that they use making whoopee for their their euphemism for having sex. Mm, yes. So if they can't have relations, but they can make whoopee, but maybe it is making whoopee Goldberg or a pie. <laughs> or both. Whoopee Goldberg Go pie. and a pie. Yeah. <laughs> it could happen. So, um, yeah, part, part of it is numbers and statistics and, and, you know, stuff that will please those sorts of nerds. And uh, part of it is just kind of random um, moral decisions that are kind of ambiguous, um, which will please some, hopefully some other sorts of nerds. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, that's kind of the way it seems that new video games, and even board games are going to. Um, it's you want to think about like the strategy, and I think it's part of the reason why like Settlers of Catan got kind of big was like it's you got to collect things and you got to figure out how are you going to situate yourself in the best possible position, right? And then there's um, what's that game that like everybody uh, is it Minecraft? That Daryl, oh, your yeah. kids love Minecraft. They Am I did. Thinking? They've moved on. Oh, they've moved on now. <laughs> Minecraft is so done. I know adults who love Minecraft. Minecraft is so 2015. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, that was another. Well, Playing Pokemon Go now. Oh no, that's dead at this point. I feel not like for my kids. That's so last month. <laughs> I feel like it was like a summer fling. I don't know how winter's going to go with that one. But essentially, the the whole aspect of collecting and what are you going to do with what you're collecting, or or strategies like you have a goal to achieve and and this is how you're going to get to it. I think now uh, video games are going away from like the Mortal Kombats, which are fun, but it's just like, well, you're just killing people. Whereas like now it's like, all right, well, how are we going to put this in a real world scenario? And I think that... Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's the joy, at least as you're telling me about this game, I was like, that seems like something that I would totally geek out about, and I think that's uh, well, I think a, that, a good strategy uh, to have for games. Uh, I think telling a good narrative in a game is a tough problem to solve in a way to make it the narrative and the choices uh, as entertaining as some of the... Because the thing about, like shooting somebody or you know having a game which is basically tag with guns um i hate to break it to you first person shooters but that's all that is it's, <laughs> it's tag um Ooh. yeah, yeah okay. I, I i put it out there um <laughs> but like 
But like uh, games where you have to you have to say, take moral choices and narrative choices in a way that's more engaging that and goes further because the you know yeah a, a storybook game like a choose your own adventure game is great and all but it's it's very limited but a video game needs to feel a little bit more unlimited and I know the problem set because I've actually worked on this problem set a little bit and tried to come up with ways to make it it's not an easy problem to solve because there are interesting things but it's still got to be fun and um well, it's got to be fun and it's got to include the player cuz it, it like and that's i think the yeah. challenge for like a narrative driven game is that like you can tell a really great story as a writer but to include like you basically can't like write for your protagonist too much because they're the player has to fill in their own emotions and feelings and you have to like let them feel like they're contributing and anytime you you know have them choose dialogue there's there's like you're limiting their freedom and kind of interpreting their uh their experience for them uh not that that's a bad it's just you know like challenges mm-hmm. you have to put the plot around the player essentially yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, I think that the enjoyable part about this game, um, compared to um, no offense to them, I, I think that they're great. Some of the the Telltale games, where um, right, uh. which have like the you know a lot of the television show intellectual properties, and um, I played through the Game of Thrones one, and um, all of the decisions you make are about like who gets murdered. Or um, it's all like really serious. It's really serious, but none of them matter. It's stressful and shh, and none of them matter. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I played I played the Back to the Future like one where it was like Back to the Future episode one, two. I've got that because I'm a big Back to the Future nerd, uh, and I played through it, and then like. I started playing Back to the Future episode two, and because of the choices I made in episode one, didn't lead to the beginning of what episode two was mm, like. I was like, no. "What's the point if yeah. like it's, and it doesn't?" And I think they should be always be a way that that stuff should matter. And and also instead of, um, I think that there are very few scenarios where you could choose to have your astronauts killed, but most of the time you are not making life or death decisions in this game. Um, and a lot of it is is more on the humor side than the serious side, um, and uh, it's it's kind of just deciding like what are your priorities, and uh, you know who who do you want to please this time, and how do you think that that's going to help you or not help you? Um, so I, I think that uh, Mike puts it something like it's a kind of like a sandbox for experimenting with moral decisions um, that are. Uh, a lot more fun than um, than serious. Cool. All right. So uh, we do have a little bit of time left before we have to say goodbye on this uh, lovely oh. edition of the podcast. Uh, but I want to talk about you. Like we've been talking oh. about the game, we've been talking about match games. But we want to talk about you uh, because apparently you eat fire. Uh, oh, is that a true thing? <laughs> that is absolutely a true thing. Um, Are you an avatar? Uh, maybe. I, I've never seen that show, but I, I assume that's what they do. Oh, I, I would be a firebender, firebender. I believe, is, right. is the, the terminology. I'm, I'm not super familiar. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I've got a lot of stuff uh, either currently or formerly going on besides video game. Um, I, one of my uh, kind of alternate realities is that I'm also a circus sideshow performer, um, and I've been doing that for... Uh, gosh, over 10 years, which is like 50 years in sideshow years. Um, and I perform as Julia Gulia. With, with what uh, troupe or company? Um, I perform with Freak Show Deluxe, which is um, based out of Hollywood. And so I don't do a lot of stuff directly with them unless I'm traveling. Yeah. Um, mostly I'm just kind of semi-nomadic and I perform with uh, whatever uh, show will will hire me or various like variety shows and, and stuff like that. All right. Awesome. First of all, I think fire eating is hella cool because um, one of my favorite magicians uh, is Brian Brushwood and he does talks a lot about fire eating because he does it as part of his as his show and he's even done some stuff about showing like the realities of fire eating for you. So like it's didn't like, he write the book he wrote on a- uh, how to eat fire? Yeah, he did I write have a book. That book. He did write a, yeah. the book on how to eat fire, um, and uh, literally, not literally, literally, um, wrote the book on it. Uh, and uh, you know, you can follow him at Schwood on Twitter. Uh, but 
shamefully promoting other people here again. Uh, anyways, uh, and I just, th- how does one go about learning? Like, how do you find a person who will teach you fire eating? Because that seems like one of those things where it's like, you 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 don't want to. You're not going to learn it out of a book, even though I do not uh, recommend you, it. You do not do want not learn it, it on no. YouTube. You need somebody who not. knows who knows better to yes. teach you the stuff that you you've got to learn. Generally, uh, any I just have to put this disclaimer. Generally, any circus thing you never just want to do like on your own. Like I do, no. I do aerial stuff, and it's like you never do that on your own. It's like you're gonna fall and break something. Don't yes. do fire eating. You're gonna burn your face off. No. Find a guru if you're out there and you like circus stuff. Find a guru. Don't die. Yeah. Which goes back to how do you how did you how did you find somebody and start oh, on gosh. that path? I think it was uh, 2005. I went to Coney Island Circus Sideshow School um, out in New York, and I learned from Todd Robbins and Dick Ziggin, who run um, Coney Island USA or ran past tense. I think they're not there anymore. Question mark. They're um, still the the freak show is still there. Yes, well, they call but, it Circus Sideshow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think that that Todd is still. There. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, the, yeah, yeah. We'll, the, we'll the, the sideshow is still later. there. And uh, I figured, like, wow, I just went to art college, which was really expensive, and that was all learning things that would not kill me if I did them wrong. So, yeah, I think I should pony up the dough to fly out to New York for a while and go to sideshow <laughs> school and learn these things that could kill me if I do them wrong. Um, and that was just, like, a small handful of things, and then I spent the next uh, decade... Um, Doing a lot of trial and error and, and learning how to perform, which is way more important. Like anyone can learn to hammer nails into your nose. Um, That's actually a lot easier than fire eating. Yeah. But I can it's it. a lot harder to make it look cool it and to, to yes. have a narrative around yeah. it and to make people care as to why you're doing it. Um, it, it's all the showmanship of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the tricks that are tricks of things are one tricks thing. Tricks are for hookers. These are acts or yes. skills or I stunts. I mean, t- it's, it, you know, this is why I've been listening to various things. I mean, I love magic. Uh, and so various, you know, the whole thing about magic is it's like the good magicians are take it as a performance. And it's they can do the same thing. You can even know how they probably do it. Um, but... If you're not paying attention to it because their performance is so engaging, they've won. Yeah. They've done their job, and that's the thing. It's like you know, uh, David Copperfield's the on the top of his game because he's a showman more than a magician. Yeah. Like I mean, he just blows you away. Yeah, I, I always appreciate um, like the the card magicians, and then they they show you the trick that they're doing, and that's part of their. Um, their, their act, right? It's like, I'm going to show you this trick. It's so awesome, you're not even going to care that I'm showing you the trick. And it's all about like the showmanship mm-hmm. of breaking it down is like just as fun and as impressive as if he just went up there and was like, the card is gone. Yeah. How did he do yeah, it? I think, yeah, and I think that's what like people like about like good magicians like Penn and Teller who really break it all down for you. Oh, because yeah. Because that's, that's part act. of the show, you know, and it's the performance and it's so engaging. Yeah. Um, I just recently saw uh, a Cirque du Soleil show when I was in New York called Paramore. And about your whole idea about uh, craft, Julia, is uh, so there's a part in the story where they end up going to this bar that's for old circus performers. And it's a bar, so they're all drunk, right? And there's a guy that's they would waving have been drunk anyways. on a unicycle. <laughs> like, right? Whether or not they were at a bar. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoilers. But, but they're the like whole, improvisers. The whole act was uh, they're all they're all supposedly drunk and like we all know like as you know the reality is like they're highly trained athletes in a show so they're not drunk but they're wa- wavering around like they're drunk on the stage like they're doing acro balance and there's one guy who's on a unicycle and this girl is doing acro on top of him and they're both wavering around like they're drunk and like your brain just goes I don't understand that's like that's like two that's like three acts in one right it's like the clowning aspect of being quote unquote drunk while you're doing these amazing things. And I think that's the craft of like when you do a circus performance is finding not just the trick, right? right? Cause I'm not a hooker, but it's finding <laughs> spoiler alert, not a hooker, uh, but it's, it's finding the joy and the extra level in that work. That's totally cool. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's making a narrative out of it. Everything is, is storytelling. Yeah. Are, are you doing any shows coming up? 
Um, not really. Um, I've been, uh, here's a, another uh, shameless self-promotional plug. Yes. Um, I've been taking uh, time off from sideshow performing. I, I consider myself like non-committally semi-retired unless I find something exciting to do. Okay. Um, so, Sounds uh, like me and wrestling. I'm not too good for your money. Um, but I'm, I'm uh, taking the time off to focus on my art because, um, you know, doing things like working on this game <clears throat> um, and uh, working on my own illustration work. Like, I, I just finished grad school um, from the Uni University of Hartford uh, for illustration. And um, it's like, oh, wow, I just spent, like, countless hours and dollars going to school to learn how to do art. I should probably take some time to work on that. And so I have I all think, my... I think what you need to do is you need to find a way that it can kill you, and then you'll do it a lot more. I yeah. fund that Kickstarter. I've, uh, <laughs> for, for killing me? No, like legal oh. art. <laughs> art that can kill you. Art that can kill you. If you don't do it right. Um, I think that there's some installation pieces that have been like that, but I, I don't want to do that. But um, so sort of the plot of Seven, right? Uh, I mean, that's I think that's more performance art. Oh, okay. Um, but slash uh, crazy <laughs> slash crazy. Um, but I, I also have my own uh, illustration work, um, and I do stuff at some local galleries. And I, I do uh, illustration with uh, mixed media, and I use fabric and. Uh, cut out shapes of fabric and put them all together and paint on them and then embroider on top of that and uh, make mixed media pieces. A lot of them have tentacles in it. Some of them don't have tentacles, but most of them have tentacles. Okay. Is there a place right now there where your stuff is installed? Um, I'm not showing anything at the moment. Um, I'm always on the internet. Um, and uh, my website for my visual art that is not entirely related to Astronaut the Best is just juliay.com, and the Y is just the letter, um, because I have a six-letter uh, URL because I got it back in 2003. <laughs> and that's the only way that you could have websites that short now. But, uh, yeah. That's I, true. <laughs> <laughs> so all Unless of my... It's like uh, dot Pinot Noir or something yeah. after that. Um, that that's my next uh, career trajectory. No, it's not. Are things available to buy through your website? Like, if people go there and they're like, "This is sweet," they can just buy it for me. Yes, they are. Um, I have uh, some original artworks are available, and there's links to those where you could buy them off of Etsy. And I have uh, some artwork that is available as prints through Society Six. And all of these links and, and many more are available on, on juliay.com um, as well as Facebook and, and all that biz. Um, and uh, for, for the sideshow stuff, even though I, I haven't been updating this one, it's juliagulia.com. And since I'm clever and spooky, it's gulia, like G-H-O-U-L-I-A. Like Thank ghoul. you. I was wondering how to spell that. Yeah. I was, uh, so when you said that, I was like, I wonder if she's seen The Wedding Singer or if that's yeah, um, uh, because of ghouls. I that, wasn't sure. That movie came out when I was in high school and uh, anything that comes out when you're in your formative years that has a funny version of your name in it is, is bound to stalk you for the rest of your life. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ambivalent about the actual movie, but uh, yeah, people started calling me Julia Gulia and I, I rolled with it. So Nice. Way and now be. here I am. On our podcast, talking yeah. about your sweet, awesome game. Well, Woo. you know what? Uh, on that note, we're going to wrap up the podcast. Now, we always end the podcast with some good old-fashioned misattributed quotes. Uh, so while Daryl's doing some last announcements, let's all think of our misattributed quotes. Daryl, take it away, my good man. Okay. What we've got going on after you have listened to this, which will drop on what is our second anniversary officially, be also listening for our next episode after that, which will be a recording from our super secret second anniversary party, which is actually happening tonight in a secret location that if you followed me on Twitter, you would know where it is. Also, um, on the 23rd, there's a podcast called Spoilers with Wayne and Daryl. I happen to be the Daryl, and we will be the guests on this podcast to talk about what that's all about. And keep following us on Facebook, look up Seattle After Party, or on Twitter, at After Party Host. Or just send us an email, fanmail at seattleafterparty.com. And... 
make sure if you are listening to us on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe to us. Now, Tequila, let's start working on those misattributed quotes. All right, Alex, I'll give you the first misattributed quote. All right. Um, my misattributed quote is, you've got to believe in the heart of the cards. And that is uh, to Trump's debate planner. As he just takes those cards and just reads off of them. He's just got to believe in the heart of them, and he'll read the right one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, my attributed quote. My astronaut quote. My astronaut quote is um, To Infinity and Beyond by Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> that must <Whoa>. be true. <laughs> Whoa. As recorded in that sound studio in Hollywood. Daryl, what is yours? Mine is We Came, We Saw. We kick some ass. And that's the Fa- Flaustrian Space Agency. <laughs> okay. And Julia, our guest of honor, we end with you. What is your misattributed quote? Um, mine is actually completely accurately at- attributed, wink, wink. Um, I, I just right now got a text from, uh, from Neil Armstrong because we're, we're good buds. And uh, he said, astronaut the best. It's better than when I faked the moon landing. Oh, and that's you. Uh, this is the-